Hello and welcome to episode 5 of our podcast series, Why I Care. This podcast is all about modern day topics that people, especially our younger generation, should care about. Today's episode is about the colonization of space. We're going to answer some questions about this theory and hopefully shed some light on the future. Mankind has been traveling to space for almost 60 years and has been dreaming about it since we knew what it was. We've put men on the moon and rovers to Mars and all sorts of other explorations, but has anyone ever stayed in space? Now, we know that people stay at the International Space Station, but has anyone actually physically gone in a spaceship or a craft or a space colony and stayed up in space and actually lived there? That's the question that we're trying to answer today. In today's episode, we're here with our friend Mikhail, and he's going to talk to us about why he cares so much about space. Hello, uh, and thank you for having me on the podcast. Okay, so would you like to tell us why you care so much about colonizing space or space in general? Yeah. So I really like exploration, stuff like that, and I think it's very important for the future of humans to go outwards instead of just hanging around on Earth. So why do you think going into space instead of trying to fix things on Earth? Well, not necessarily not fixing things on Earth, but that Earth is only going to be around for a certain amount of time, and even though it is a long time, it's still a finite amount of time. So... I think that it's best to spread out and search for answers maybe elsewhere. We basically have about two billion years until Earth is enveloped by the sun as it grows steadily each year. If we want the human race to survive, we need to start looking at um, alternative ways of life. And even though it seems like it's two billion years away when we have so much time, we have no idea what it's going to take to get us out of space. We have no idea what resources we're going to need to stay out there for a prolonged period of time. That there's no habitable planets that we know of right now that we can get to easily. So this is all stuff we have to do right now, and if we don't do it, we don't act upon it now, then it's just not going to work. It's not that humankind has no idea what's out there or no idea what to do, because there's some idea we seem to gather more information and get to know more on the topic. That's true and fair, but I think we have plans right now, so what we need to do, we just need to put these plans into action, because... As soon as we get stuff going and as soon as we get colonies put up on Mars, if, as soon as we get a spacecraft up orbiting Earth's atmosphere where we can start doing more experiments, that way we can do the actual research for a more deep space exploration type event. Right, and from there you can find like maybe planets or something full of resources that will just continue the expansion of humanity further and further into space. Now are there any planets like I know they're thinking about Mars but are there any other planets that they're really considering that you know of yeah um, there's entire systems that they've been looking at like there's um, some from the Kepler telescope there's a Kepler 42 is a system and one of the planets Kepler 42 B that's I think it's 42 B that's one of Earth's like twins pretty much it's only slightly bigger but the problem with all these different systems on these different planets is that they're they're so far away. Like we're exactly. talking like like hundreds of millions of light years away and sometimes they're even more. Right. And so we just need to start going now. We need to start doing these small scale experiments in our solar system in this next couple hundred, couple thousand, couple million years until we can get um, a large scale spacecraft that can hold the essential nutrients, the essential people, the essential organisms on it that can get to one of those planets. Because right now we that, that technology is far beyond what we have right now, so we need to start moving out. We need to start taking risks and not hold back anymore because of what's going to happen in the future. Right, and the thing is, if you think that Earth is going to last 
that long and it's going to continue to be habitable without massive changes for that long for us to discover that technology and utilize it then you're wrong you're dead wrong okay so you're mentioning a lot of about like we have a time constraint does global warming have any like effect on that or like how humans are polluting the earth definitely oh, yeah and that's it's more so like definitely humans have some effect on it there's no question that ever since we've been brought into the earth and humans have started making more waste. We are contributing to an overall warming, but we also have to realize that um, the Earth goes through a natural warming and cooling process. It's almost like a wave that has um, massive arcs of where we go down deep into an ice age and we come up into a warming period, into a really hot period of time. And as of right now, on the scale, we are, the Earth is steadily warming, and that in part is, is because of humans, but it's actually, it's more so just because of the way that the Earth works. And we just, we have no idea how intense it's going to get. We don't know when it's going to kind of plateau and start to go back down. Right. So we just, we don't know how much longer Earth is going to be habitable for. But we know that humans are able to kind of help and reduce waste and things like that because even though the global warming that you're saying with that is like a natural cycle of Earth and how we have affected it a little bit, but there's still other issues with the Earth other than global warming that are making uninhabitable, right. like lack of resources because there are just so many humans and all the pollution and like the giant just like masses of trash and landfills everywhere. And so people, like there are companies that have started producing like things in a more sustainable way, but like the Earth really needs to keep and start really thinking green. A lot of people are thinking green and it's gaining momentum, but more and more people need to think and act sustainably. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't, I completely agree with that. And I don't think that there's any way for us to stay on Earth without going into space at all, because there's a certain amount of time before Earth is uninhabitable, obviously. And even though it's, it's natural, like, if there's an ice age, there's a very, very good chance we're not going to survive it. And also, even even though, like, part of getting into space is getting to a different planet that we can have a new kind of fresh start and start over again, it's also, space holds so many more resources than we have here on Earth. Like, it, like even though we have so much here on Earth that has kept us going for so long, there's so much more stuff in space that we don't even know about. We just barely scratch the surface on what we can find in, uh, in space. And who knows, if we start exploring in space and we find new materials, new resources that can help keep Earth going for a little while longer, um, sustainable for a longer period of time. But the fact of the matter is, is just we are running out of time and we need to get something done now. Yeah, and uh, one solution to that is actually going to Mercury and mining some of the resources on Mercury. But in order to do that, we'd have to get some kind of launch site on the moon yep. because there's less gravity. And also, we need funding because people really, af after the, the last time that we've gone to the moon, there hasn't been a ton of funding for another space exploration because there really hasn't been a lot of interest for it. Like, okay, we've gone to the moon, but like, what else can we do? Like, it's, a lot of people see, as, see Mars as something that's way out in the future that's not at all possible. And it is going to be very difficult, but there just isn't a ton of funding for this. And without funding, we can't make these technological advances. We can't do these experiments and these research to get us off the planet and into more, um, into a place that would be better suited for life. 
And a lot of people have opinions about us going to the moon and things like that because I remember we were all talking about it one day and I think it might have been on like a CNN 10 or something like that about talking about going back to the moon and I heard someone say like why do we have to go back like we've already been there why don't we try and do something else but we still need to go there to learn more about it and to like get more information so that we know as a possible launch site and things like that. Yeah and that kind of brings us to one of the plans that um, NASA has in place for kind of a more permanent colony that will actually orbit Earth and many of you already think oh we already have the International Space Station that that's good enough but what NASA is thinking of is building an actual lunar colony on the moon and then using resources from that to build a massive spinning disk that orbits Earth the spinning will simulate gravity. There will be kind of man-made generated gravity on this and it will just hold people on there and, and on this kind of much larger scale uh, space station we'll be able to conduct experiments, we'll be able to test things out in the harsh environment of space. We can take resources back and forth forth from Earth to the Moon, or from the Moon to the station, or from the station to Earth, and it'll basically build kind of this almost triangle from Earth to the Moon to the station, and from that, hopefully we can either jump to, uh, like we talking about earlier, we can mine on Mercury, or we can try to build colonies on Venus, or we can try to get to Mars and build something on Mars. Yeah. Also, you talk about, um, like, a lack of, not necessarily intuition, but like a drive to get there, and that most likely comes from a lack of funding and I think that the government is severely underfunded when it comes to that and so the only way to do that is to either have private companies like SpaceX or to like start taxing for it which is probably not going to happen. Yeah, people don't want to send their tax dollars to something they don't necessarily believe in or and understand. And that's why we need to get we need people need to understand what's actually happening because a lot of people are are making what's what's essentially assumptions on on space and what we can do there, and it's just the opportunities are so vast, and most people don't understand that, and that they can actually lend a hand in helping. So, what could people like do to understand it, or like why do you think people might be afraid of what's out there? Do you think that people should be looking at websites? about it, like NASA programs or SpaceX or things like that, like how do you think people should get to learn more about it? Oh yeah, well there's this thing called Google where you can just go and look up, you can just find out whatever you want about space yeah. and it's such an easy tool to use. There's so much information out there. Right, and it's so important to start learning about this stuff because it's not going to go away. No, and stuff other than that, you can go to NASA's website, you can go to SpaceX's website, they have millions of documents and articles about why this is important. Go if you're near NASA, go visit NASA and go see what they're all about. Like I think even if you're even just getting the word out there, like if we just start talking more about space and what it how it could help us, people will be more apt to do this. And if people get the word out there, maybe we'll come up on the news and then people who are watching the news will get more into it. It's just kind of mouth to mouth and stuff like that. So do you think once people are like more able to understand it or people just kind of get on board with it, do you think that there would be people who would volunteer to actually be on a mission to go out there and do it? Like after the trained astronauts, like the first test of like an actual colony, do you think there would be a lot of people who would want to do that? Oh like yeah. Seriously? I would love to go. Yeah, same with me. I mean, I would volunteer in an instant if that's like, something if you that were, people were If doing. you had the opportunity to be 
on this frontier to be one of the first people to go into space and actually start something, if you were one of the first people to go and start and basically restart the human race in a different part of the universe, give it a boost and 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 develop stuff and do research and conduct experiments that will actually help the human race as a whole, and then you're recognized for that. I think that's one of the best accomplishments you can make in your life is to help not just yourself or just a small amount of people, but help literally the entire human race advance. Exactly. And yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way as well. Yeah, and there are so many opportunities too. So So you mentioned earlier about mining resources off of Mercury or other planets like that. Do you know much about that? Well, um, so from the moon, you could launch. This is just something I've seen. This isn't obviously my idea, but um, you could launch a rocket from the moon to Mercury carrying enough supplies to build maybe one solar panel that would power maybe more drills or something to gather more resources that just continues to collect and build exponentially. And then you could, it's called a Dyson sphere where you place all of them around the sun and obviously that's extremely hard. And so off the topic of that, more to like why the moon? Because um, obviously the moon has a lot less gravity because it's so much smaller than Earth where you don't have to go from the moon but it, it would change things significantly and it would require so much less fuel to go from the moon. And also I know uh, you mentioned it briefly earlier but about the Dyson Sphere that's just such a powerful tool that could be utilized for our advantage in the in kind of a short-term way and for those of you who don't know what Dyson Sphere is it's basically a massive group of solar panels that um, encompasses the Sun entirely and um, because if you think about it, us here on Earth, even though we have solar panels, we only capture a very, very small fraction of what the sun um, powers us because the sun is a sphere and it goes off in all directions and we're just getting one kind of part of that sphere. So if we built a, if we built a collection of solar panels around the entire sun, just imagine the amount of power we'd be able to harness from that. And kind of the idea of what we have right now is to build kind of a smaller, smaller distance sphere and use a smaller distance sphere build a slightly larger one and keep building until you create one around the entire sun. And if we did that, that would be able to power um, so many missions, so many experiments, it'd be able to power so many, it'd be able to power so many ships out to different planets and different colonies that we may have set up already. And that's just something that would be amazing to see because we wouldn't have to use so much fuel. Yeah, and on the topic of fuel actually, so I mean, right now there's no way to leave Earth or power rocket without using the fuel that we use now, which I'm not exactly sure what it is, but um, people have started making concepts for warp drives, which is it expands the space behind you and sort of condenses the space in front of you so that it, it almost pulls you through space. It's hard, to, it's hard to say and explain, but it's easier to visualize. There are plenty of videos you can look up. It's called, well, uh, one model of it is called the Alcubier Warp Drive. So a pretty influential person in the space program and space design and thoughts about it is Elon Musk. Could you tell us about any of his accomplishments or if you're up to date on what he's been doing? Well, I try to stay up to date. It's mostly just the stuff that's in like the news online or like on Instagram or whatever. But um, he's been doing a lot to try and advance not only just the human race, which he's done a lot. Um, that but also just society in general like with Tesla he's made electric uh, plenty of electric cars he's not the only person obviously but 
you can tell he's passionate about it and he just unveiled that truck which is pretty pretty polarizing at least and um, he's also made the boring company which started out as a, a way to make underground tunnels um, for cars to go in so that there's less traffic and it goes it goes pretty fast underground just to relieve traffic above ground and I saw a video where they tested it and it worked successfully and it may, it may seem that Elon Musk has been doing a lot on, on Earth, but it's important to realize that since he's been doing so much on Earth technologically, he can then apply these technological advances to more um, space stuff, and that's why he's so influential and could be so um, could be very powerful in the next bit of time for space. And um, he's also been preparing his rockets and some of the actual pretty much volunteer launches with the BFR. He's going to have a bunch of passengers on that, and that's going to be like one of the most advanced rockets that he's ever made. And um, yeah, so his SpaceX is just probably one of the, the biggest that he's working on, one of his projects. All right, well, thank you for listening, and thank you, Mikhail, for coming on here and talking with us about it. We appreciate all of your support and help you continue to support us. Most places you can find us are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with all of our handles being at Podcast. Also, feel free to email us with any feedback or questions at whycarepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great day.